Welcome to all those joining us for Likutei Halachas, Yoradeya, Chelek Sheni, Hilchas Geirim, Halacha Gimel. We're in the middle of paragraph Yud Ches. We're up to the subparagraph, V'yalkein Omorah Boiseinuzal Al-Tamen Be'atzmachad Yon Moischa. We dedicate the learning today, Leiloy Nishmas, Meir Ben Mordechai, whose yard site is today on the 26th of Av, and also Rochel Bas Osher Zelig, whose yard site is today. And Lila Nishmas Yentafradl Bas Rabbi Shuarye, Harinika Pras Mishkova. And for a complete Rafur Shalema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Bas Galia, David Ben Behia, Shandel Bas Leia, Nasnachwan Ben Shandel, Gitleya Bas Frumit, Aviva Chaya Bas Esther Mindel, Daniel Yoshua Ben Yentafrida Bluma, Necharochel Bas Hindaleya, Fruma Bas Ganesa, Yehudis Nechama Bas Miriam, Chaim Yitzchak Ben Chanarivka, Bas Yekela Bas Amelia Malka, Tzvi Shalom and Rita Beverly, Ruven Mordechai Ben Chana, Boruch Mordechai Ben Tali, Pesia Bas Chai Esther, Soralea Bas Chavaliba, Avigail Brocha Bas Shiret Voira, Chana Bas Sora, David Leib Ben Shena, Shlomo Nisim ben Mazel, Avram David ben Chana, Chaim Aryeh ben Brocha, Chaim ben Rachel, Soramaya bas Tzipka Rivka, Idis bas Miriam Brindle, Michal Sora bas Hadassah, Gitgenendel bas Sipoira, Lebalea bas Sipoira, Tuvi Tzvi ben Chaya Liza, Avive Ilana bas Yispendel, Sorocho bas Yispendel, Yehudis Ruchama bas Chavarus, Betzalei Chiel Michel ben Tchiechava, Yaakov Yeshua ben Freindel Rechel, Yisroel ben Chanaleya, Yelet Shoshana bas Chanaleya, Eliana Golda bas Chanafega, Shlomo ben Rivka Sprinza, Chaim Tzvi ben Voraleya, Ami ben Chai ben Yudes Gilo, Besoch Sharchor Yisroel. This halach again is based on chapter 59 in Likud Yimaran. And Rav Nusser Zal speaking about each and every person being involved in bringing others close to Hashem. And based on what you've been learning here, that when a person's involved in this kind of work of bringing others close to Hashem, they're engaging people that have good and bad in them. And there's the concern that the bad in those people shouldn't attach itself to the person who's trying to be makar of them, to the person who's trying to bring them close. And this is why the Mishnah says in Perkei Don't be confident. Don't believe in yourself. Don't trust yourself until the day you die. Meaning that a person never knows when the Yetzirah is going to attack them, when the negativity is going to pull them down. Because, as we've already seen, tzadikim <coughs> and great people and many religious people that, that were involved in really serving Hashem well for, for many years. 
And then at some point later on, they got trapped. They fell into a trap of committing major sins, chas v'shoam. V'kamuva b'kisve Arizal, as the Arizal mentions the case of Yochanan Koen Godel, who served as a Koen Godel for many years, and then the last year he, he was poigim, he messed up, and he was taken out of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, dead. Achakol hu al all of this is related to what we were learning before. Ki machmas shekol odom oisek rak birurim, because of the fact that every single person in this world is involved in sorting out good from bad. especially those people who are really religious and are learning a lot and doing a lot of mitzvahs, each and every single day they're involved in bringing new clarity to the world in sorting out good from bad in all kinds of new areas and new people and because they're trying to do this the Yitzhahara fights them every single day more and more because these people have a brand new Yetzahara, meaning brand new challenges every single day. Every single day, the negative forces are coming at them anew. Here we're referring to the negativity, the, the bad that's attached to those holy sparks that are coming to these people, coming to this person today for the person to repair those sparks, to separate the good from the bad. And therefore, there are times when these people get to holy sparks that are in deep, deep mud, deep, deep spiritual filth. And because of the fact that these tzaddikim, or these religious people, are involved in trying to repair those sparks, to get rid of the bad and, and extract the good, what happens is that the bad, the negativity, attaches itself to them in a big way, and therefore, these people can sometimes suddenly find themselves falling, stumbling. And this is why Rabbi Nezal gives the advice over there in chapter 19 in the Kutimran, that people that are involved in this type of work have to make sure to audit themselves every single day, to be checking themselves, to have hispoidus and reviewing what they're doing and really analyzing whether they're doing the right thing or the wrong thing, what mistakes they're making and try to correct them. And to think carefully regarding all the things that they're doing. Because Rabbi Nezal teaches us there that when a person does this mishpat, this judging oneself, this generates a fire in the person's heart. And this fire is referred to as a fire of mishpat, 
which will burn away the evil, the negativity that this person is coming into contact with. Paragraph Yotes. Ubifrat, especially, ki kolodom tzorich umuchroch lasoik lekarev gamacheron lashemiz borach velasoiz balechuva vegerim because of the fact that every single person is required to be involved in trying to bring others close to Hashem. Besides trying to bring myself close to Hashem, I have to try to help others also, and to make Balei Tshuva and Geirim. Ki because this is really why Hashem created us. Ki Iker Yishuv because this is what's called settling the world. <coughs> because as the Pasuk says in Yeshayanavi, Hashem did not to create the world in order for it to stay empty. He wanted us to turn the world into a civilization. That the world should be settled with human beings. And, and the definition of a human being is This refers to people, intelligent people, who are involved in serving Hashem. That's a human being. Because a person who is not involved in serving Hashem, Rabbi Nezal says that person is like an animal in human form. They don't really qualify to be defined as Odom. The Kamuva Badiva Rabbeinazal come upon him, as Rabbeinazal speaks about this in several places, especially in chapter 7 in the second half of Likut Imran. And as our rabbis warn us about this in a very, very serious way, the Kamuva Bezoyer Kodesh, and as is brought in the Zoyer Kodesh, Fortunate is the person who grabs on to the hand of a, of a Russia, a person who is not religious, and brings them close to Hashem. And the Zohar Kodesh elaborates there and stresses the incredible reward for a person who does this. Hashem takes pride in such a person in all of the worlds. Hashem shows off this person. Look how wonderful this person is that he's glorifying me. He's bringing other people close to Hashem. Ayin Shem. Take a look over there in the Zohar Kodesh in Parshas Truma, page 128. And this is also the concept that the Gemara tells us in Sanhedrin, that each and every single Jew is responsible for every single other Jew. Every single one of us co-signed each other's agreements at Har Sinai. Each and every Jew signed a contract with Hashem saying we're going we're gonna to be religious. And every one of us co-signed everyone else's contract. So it's not like, I don't care what he's doing, what she's doing, it has nothing to do with me. Yes, it does. Every single one of us is responsible for all of Klal Yisrael. Because every single Jew is required to speak to their friends 
about Hashem, about serving Hashem every single day. And as we pray to Hashem in many of our prayers, we ask Hashem, Hashem, give me the privilege to learn and to teach and to observe all the mitzvahs. And the main focus in what we're saying there is we're asking Hashem to give us the privilege to teach others how to serve Hashem. To learn and teach how to observe all the mitzvahs. Lishmar means the negative, to observe the negative mitzvahs. Velasis means to observe the positive mitzvahs. Ulekayim, and to fulfill all of them. Note, we're stressing there that the reason that we're learning and teaching is that people should observe the mitzvahs to fulfill the mitzvahs of the Torah. Because the main thing isn't just learning, the main thing is fulfilling the Torah. We conclude, therefore, <coughs> that every single Jew has this obligation to help others to do tshuva and to bring other people close to Hashem. However, the person that's doing this has to be extremely careful to watch themselves from being attacked by the negativity, by the evil that's associated with these people that you're trying to be makarev. Because at the beginning, they're still not eating kosher, they're still not keeping Shabbos, they're still doing all kinds of bad things. And this requires mishpat judgment. For us to judge ourselves every single day, to analyze what we're doing, are we doing the right thing, and if we realize we made a mistake, to apologize to Hashem for it. Because when a person does this kind of mishpat, they activate a fire. Mishpat is fire. There's a posseh ki bo'esh Hashem nishpat. With fire, Hashem judges. Kedei lisroi in order to burn that evil, that negativity that's attached to those people, shelo yishsachsu balibot, shelo yishsachsu balibot. It shouldn't attach itself to the person's heart who's trying to bring them close. Vegam legarish velisroi fesorah mena hechel ha-koidesh. And in addition, to chase away and destroy the negativity from attaching itself to the group, to the group of people. The Heichel HaKodesh means the yeshiva or the shul or the, the group of people that are studying together. This means from the negativity attaching itself to those people whom you're involved in bringing close. As Rabbi Nassau explains this very, very clearly in chapter 59 in Likud Imran, which this halacha is based on. 
And when a person does this, when a person has this hispoidus every day, and in the hispoidus they review what they're doing, what they're not doing, and ask Hashem for guidance and plead with Hashem to forgive them for the mistakes that they've made. Then this power of mishpat is, is activated. And the true justice comes to light. And then the, the righteous justice sits on a throne. Study all of this very carefully in chapter 59 in Likuti Maran. The Kohen Godel was involved in making Birurim for the entire Klal Yisrael. He was the person who was sent by Klal Yisrael into the Beis Hamikdash every single day, and especially on Yom Kippur, to bring all the Karbonites to atone for all of our sins. So even if he wasn't speaking directly to the people, he was a major, major force in the process of tshuva. By all of his avoid in the Beis Samikdosh, he's involved in getting our sins removed and getting our, our souls cleansed. Paragraph Chof, Vehine Iker Hamishpot Hubayoim. We know that courts sit in judgment by day, according to the Torah. Ki ein donin balaylo elo bikmaradin. The halacha says that a Jewish court is not supposed to have a session during the nighttime unless they're finishing up a judgment, something that started during the day and they want to make sure to finish it, to get it finished and done, then they're allowed to go into the evening to complete a judgment. Oi imnisratsu habaledinen. Or if both litigants agree to go to court at night, then the court is allowed to sit in the evening to judge. As the Pasuk says in Yermia, base David, dinu la boiker mishpat. Do your judgments in the morning by day. And this is why mishpat is referred to as light. May your justice go forth like a shining light. Because Mishpat is associated with daylight. Because establishing justice is a concept of intellect. Which is associated with day. Because at night, when a person goes to sleep, the das leaves, the seichel leaves, the neshama leaves, as is known. And therefore, the main judgments and justice is by day. And therefore, the main revelation of, of wisdom, so that a person can 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 measure their words properly is especially during the day. 
And when night comes, and all the negative forces are activated at that time, all of the klipos, the Sifre Kabbalah tell us that during the nighttime, the Malchus, which is the Shekhinah, goes down into the domain of the Sitrachra, of the, of the Klippos of Tumah, in order to search for holy sparks that can be rescued that each and every single night. And because of the fact that the forces of Tuma are very powerful during the night time, therefore we don't have the ability to destroy those forces of Tuma by our Mishpat, by a court session. Therefore, nighttime is a time for sleeping. Shehi histalkus adas, histalkus amishpot, which is when the das leaves, the mishpot shuts down. We remove the mishpot from ourselves. Because the mishpot isn't powerful enough to challenge and to defeat the forces of tumor that are active at night. But rather, we give over the mishpot to Hashem, that Hashem Himself should perform justice regarding all of these negative forces that are active during the night. Remember, when we say night here, we're referring especially to the first half of the night up until Chatzois, up until midnight. And this explains why before we go to sleep, the last Pasuk that a person says before going to sleep, this is after Hamapil. The person says the Pasuk, The person says, I'm giving over my ruach, my spirit, into your hands. We are giving over the mishpat to itself, to Hashem. And we learned earlier that mishpat is referred to as the hand, the hand of justice. As the Pasuk says, the Pasuk makes the connection between Mishpat and the hand. That Hashem Himself should perform justice regarding all of these negative forces that are active at night. As the Pasuk says, that justice is Hashem's. And once we do this, then Hashem Himself feeds the power of Mishpat into the Malchus, into the Shekhinah, which is this Heichal Kisei, the throne, which Rabbein Azal says within the Kutumran is associated with the, term, the name 
Baruch Shem Kevoid Malchus Eliyolam Voed. Malchus is referred to as Shem, the name. Bechinas Igula, the circle. We spoke about the circle and the square. Voz Hamalchus Mekabeles Koyach Hamishpot. Then the Malchus, the Shechina, receives this power of Mishpot that it got from Hashem Himself. Vioredes Bekoyach Hamishpot. And now that the Malchus has this mishpat, it goes down into the lower worlds, the place, the, the underworld, the Tumor, the forces of Klippa and Tumor. And the Malchus, the Shechina, sorts and extracts holy sparks from the depths of the Tumor, Kolzman Hashena, throughout the time that the person is sleeping. Ad Chatzois which is until midnight. Ki Malchus, he cherev noikemes, because we know the Sifre Kabbalah tell us Malchus is a warrior. It's a sword that take, takes revenge. Bechinas cherev hamishpot, this sword of justice. Ki balaylo iker habirur alidei bechinas Malchus, because at nighttime we are supposed to be sleeping at night. So who's, who's dealing with everything? The answer is the Malchus, the Shekhinah, the divine spirit of Hashem is, is the, the spiritual power that's going down into the domain of Tumor and doing these birurim. Shehi bechinas emuna, And Malchus is synonymous with faith. Bechinas shame, the name. Ki bechinas Hashem levad choylech birurim balayla. Because Kaviochel, it's the name of Hashem itself, which is Hashem's kingdom, which is the Shekhinah that goes down and does these birurim, does these extractions during the nighttime. Bebechinas, as we see in these two psukim, nafshi ivisicho balaylo, my nefesh, my soul yearns for you at night. Ve'ikra tavas hanefesh digdusha, and we know the main yearning of a holy soul is for the name of Hashem. As the Pesach says, the, the soul desires Hashem's name and Hashem's remembrance. So we see the connection between nighttime, during the nighttime, what the nefesh is doing. And again, it's the name of Hashem. It's the Shekhinah, it's the Malchus, that's doing this battle at night, that's going down into the place of the Sitrachra, searching for holy sparks that can be saved and, and removing the mud, removing the dirt, the filth from those holy sparks and rescuing them and bringing them into the domain of Kedusha. Question in the chat. On one hand, Rabbeinazal advises us and suggests that one of the best times to do Hispoiridus is at night. On the other hand, we're being told that Mishpat, which is a great part of this Hispoiridus, is meant to be done during daytime. That's why I, meant, I made it clear that the nighttime that we're referring to over here is generally the first half of the night. That's a time when a person should be sleeping. Midnight is the most opportune time for a religious Jew to get up. And that second half of the night, that's a time for learning, for hispoidus, for mitzvah semais and toivim.
that's, that's the ultimate. Not everybody can do it. Not everybody can do it every night. If a person has to have his spiritus even during the first half of the night, they can. They can, and it's still, it's still very good. It's not the same. It's not on the same level. Is it better than during the day? Is it better than during the day? I would think only if the circumstances are such. Meaning, if during the first half of the night a person can find a better place and a better opportunity, then maybe it's better. Person, let's say, has more privacy during the nighttime, even during the first part of the nighttime, things are quieter than during the day. In that case, it might be an advantage. and therefore, even though we said that nighttime is not a time for judgment, for justice, for the courts, still, by serving Hashem during the day, by learning and davening and doing mitzvahs and toivim throughout the day, we activate this mishpat, because the Gemara said, you can complete a trial. You can complete a judgment during the night. And so too, a person can judge themselves all at any time. A court, the Jewish courts, don't usually have sessions at night. But if a person wants to judge himself, that a person can do any time. Because we said earlier that if both litigants, if both people involved in the judgment agree that it should be done at night, then you can do it at night. A person against himself, where the, the person is both litigants, there for sure the person is agreeable to do it whenever they can. And therefore, we find the Zohar Kodesh in the section Raya Mehemna where Moshe Rabbeinu is speaking. The Zohar Kodesh tells us that one of the most important things for a person to do before going to sleep is to say the Vidui's, to say the confessions, Oshamnu, Bogadnu, Gazalnu, and the other paragraphs that are found in Kriya Shmalamita. A Jew is supposed to say all of the different confessions before going to sleep. And we actually say that if we committed any sins that deserve the death penalty, whether it's skilo or srefo or heregochenik, we say in those tefillahs that Hashem, if I did anything that deserves skilah, it should be considered exactly as if I accepted upon myself this punishment of skilah. If I committed any sins that deserve sreifah, it should be considered exactly as if I experienced it. What we're doing there is we're activating the power of mishpat, which we built up during the day through our tefillah and Torah, and all of this is in order to feed power into the Malchus, into the Shekhinah, 
בחינס קיסיאנל ופרום כדי שתוכל לירד ולעבור סמאים כאקליפויס. In order that the Malchus, the Shekhinah, should be able to go down into the domain of the Sitrachra, go down there, and sort out all the holy sparks that can be rescued, and come back out of there. Ki balaylo ikar habirur alidei bechinas ha-Malchus. Because during the night time, the main birur is being done by the Malchus, by the Shekhinah, not by us necessarily. Shehi bechinas shem, which is refer, which is represented by the name of Hashem, ki yod voshem hanal, igula veribua hanal, heim bechinas yoyim volayla. If you look over there in chapter fifty nine in the Kudimran, towards the end, Rabbi Nezal quotes a pasuk where it speaks about yad vashem, and Rabbi Nezal explains there that yad, one of them is the circle, the other one is the square. That he spoke about earlier in the Torah, which represent different aspects of mishpat. So now, Rav Nosson tells us that yad and shame represent day and night. Yad shehi bechinas chachma bechinas mishpat he bechinas or yoyim. The yad, the hand, which represents chachma. We know that when Moshe Rabbeinu was transferring his knowledge to Yeshua, it says he placed his hands on Yeshua's head. In order to trend, so Yad is Chachma, Mishpat, which is associated with the daylight. V'shem, shehu b'chinas nefesh, hu b'chinas layla. Whereas shame, which is the name, which refers to the nefesh, is a pasuk nefesh chayo hu shemoy. The soul of a living thing is its name. <coughs> so the shame, which is the nefesh, hu b'chinas layla, is associated with nighttime. My soul yearns for you during the night. The connection between nefesh and layla. Question here: the connection between the nefesh is not the yad. We said the 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 yad. The Yad is the Igula. The Yad was the Chachma, the Mishpat. The, the, the Nefesh was the Shem. And again, you have to look over there in Likutim Aran, Rabbi Nisal brings the Psukim to show that Yad is Mishpat, Vesoyche is Mishpat Yodi. He makes all the connections there to show, to show how it works. No, one one is day, one is night. One is igula, one is ribua. They're both different parts of this mishpat process. That's what it is. He's gonna he's gonna point this out soon. He's gonna speak about step one and step two. Ki hatzadik mevarer birurim. Because the tzaddik is involved constantly in making these birurim, which means sorting out good from bad, and searching for the good and removing the bad from it, and including the good into the domain of kedusha. And he's involved in in bringing forth gerim converts and balei through the two processes that we've spoken about. 
שהם בחינס יד ושם. כי כמה נפושו יסבוי נעלוב ומזדפקן בוי רק מחמש שמוי לבד. There are many people who come to the tzaddik and make a connection to the tzaddik purely because of his name, meaning they've heard that he's a tzaddik, they heard ואחר כך, כשבו אין אלוב, הוא מלמד אוי סם חכמוסוי, and afterwards, when they come to him, the tzaddik shares his knowledge with them, ומחלקל דבורוב במשפט, and he includes משפט in his words, על ידי כל אחד ויחד, relating to each and every individual person. That's, that's one aspect. ובחינס השם, he bechinas sheno, his stalkos adas. And the na- that's the yad. The shame here represents removing the intellect. Meaning that in that aspect, the tzaddik isn't involved in talking to them, teaching them. But rather, his name, his reputation, is spreading in the world, and by being aware of his name, people are connecting with him. They're not actually coming to him to learn, they're not actually listening to his Torah, but they hear that there is such a person. People talk about the God Ladoer and the great, great rabbis, etc., and some people don't even go to see him or anything, but there's a certain awareness and a certain level of faith that they believe that there is this rabbi in Eretz Yisrael who is the God Ladoer, he's... During the night time, the main work, this birur, is being done through the shame, through the malchus, through the shechina, as we said. And during the night time, we give over the mishpot to Hashem. We say, Hashem, you handle it. We're not involved now. Because that's when all the negative forces get activated, get turned on. And we don't know how to deal with them. Because there are levels of evil and negativity that our mishpat will not be strong enough to counter them. As Rabbi Nezal shows clearly at the end of chapter 59 in Likud Imran. Therefore, d- during the night time, we give over the mishpot to Hashem. Hashem, I'm giving over my ruach into your hands. That Hashem himself should deal with these negative forces. He should perform the justice. And Hashem Himself draws that power of Mishpat into the Malchus. In order to protect and save the Malchus from being harmed by those negative forces when the Malchus goes down into their ballpark, into their arena. Because the sitrachra is associated with sleep. Shehi echot mishishim b'misa. The Gemara defines sleep as one sixtieth of death. Now Rav Nosson says, take a look at this. 
the Gemara refers to sleep as one sixtieth of death. That's the number, sixty. Echot mishishim daiko. Rav Nosnal says that number is very important, one sixtieth. V'alkein ma'oyrin koydom asheno hashishim giboyrim kulam achuzecherev. And this is why, before going to sleep, one of the psukim that we say is, Hine mitosoi sheleshloimoi shishim giboyrim savavlo mi giboyri Yisrael kulam achuzecherev malubay b'melchama. We mention the fact that Shlomo HaMelech, the Malchus, had 60 powerful people surrounding him, all holding swords, doing battle against the opposition. And again, we say this right before going to sleep. And in addition, we recite the Birchas Koyanim before going to sleep. Which has 60 letters exactly. This is all to save and to protect the Malchus. Which is the name. Which Rabbein has all said in that chapter of the Malchus is represented by a circle. The Pesach says Shishim that Malchus is 60 and 60 is the letter Samach which is round like a circle. Bechinas Samach Kimavur as Rabbein Azal speaks about this over there in chapter 59. In order to protect and save the Samach, Bechinas Shishim Heima Malochais, which is the Malchus, the Shechina, Mehashena, from being harmed during sleep, Shehi Echod Mishishim Bemisa, which is this one sixtieth of death. And this is why, before going to sleep, we also recite this Pasuk. We praise Hashem with our throats, and we carry a double-edged sword in our hands. In order to take revenge from the other nations, from our enemies, and to rebuke them. And to establish with them the written justice, judgment. Because then, right before going to sleep, we activate, we turn on this power of Mishpat. In order to give it over to the Malchus, to the Shechina. The Malchus is referred to as this double-edged sword. The avenging sword. The sword of justice. These are all terms that are used in Sifrei Kabbalah and Sifrei Hasidus to refer to the Malchus. question is, if a person is tired before going to sleep and they can't really concentrate well, should they still say the vidui? The answer is yes, definitely. Question, when is the best time to say the actual bracha of Hamapil at the beginning or the end of all of these prayers? The answer is at the end. 
it's a big question why in some of the Sidurim they print the brach of Hamapil up front and then they have these prayers afterwards. Because generally you're not supposed to speak at all after saying the Hamapil. The only Pasuk that you say after Hamapil is this Pasuk Biyodcha Avkid Ruchi. The Vidui and all those other things are said before Hamapil. Question, in what way is a circle an aspect of Mishpat? Rabbeinu Sal showed this over there in chapter 59 of Likud Imran, where he showed that when the Torah defines the throne of Hashem, which is called the throne of Mishpat, the term eagle is used there, round, circular. That was the passage that Rabbeinu Sal brings there in chapter 59, showing this aspect of the circle related to Mishpat. And throughout that chapter in Likud Imran, Rabbi Nezal makes references to show this concept of the circle and the square and how they're involved in this process of Mishpat. Is there any connection to the circle and the square that we're learning about in Rabbi Nezal's cup, which had a square bottom and the circle top? Possible. Possible because Rabbi Nezal in places in Likud Arochus brings the, the Arizal's explanation of what's taking place during Kiddush. That the process of Kiddush is a whole process of lifting up the Malchus. That's why we take the Kiddush cup originally in both hands and then we switch it to the right hand and the positioning where we hold the Kiddush cup opposite the, we lift it up above Netzach Yisoyed, above the legs and we hold it parallel to the trunk of the body which is Chesed Gvur and you're supposed to look into the wine. We're shining Chachma Binodas. The Arizal and Rav Nosazal have a whole big explanation that it's all about Aliyah Samalchus. So could be that's where the circle and square come in. It's also, there's, there's a ring, there's a certain type of a wedding ring that some people use, which has a circle, circular on the inside and square on the outside. There are some people that use that for Kabbalistic reasons, it's related to this igula veribua. Yeah. Now Rav Nosenthal goes into a little bit of a, a deeper piece, which is going to be related to Rosh Hashanah and also going to sleep in general. Paragraph Chafalev. Vezeh bechinas madeisa bekisvehari Shebeshas hasheno nestalken hamoichen mizeran ben lamalo. The Arizal explains that when a person goes to sleep, we know that there are different sections of holiness. There's the lowest level, which is called the Malchus, which is also referred to as the Shechina, which is also referred to as the female. Then there's the level above that, which is the six spheroids. Chesed, Gevura, Teferes, Netzach, Yesoid, which are referred to as Ze'er Anpen. That's one of the nicknames of these, this set of six spheroids. And they represent the male. And we speak about the union between male and female. We're talking about the union between these six and the Malchus. But in, in the letters of Hashem's name, Yud Kevavke, we're talking about the union of the Vav, and the last hay, which is the Malchus. 
Now the man in this con and this is also referred to as the sun and the moon. The Shekhinah is referred to as the moon. The woman is referred to as the moon. The man is referred to as the sun in this context. And the sun shines its light into the moon. The moon receives and reflects the light of the sun. It's brought that when Rabbi Elazar Rabbi Shimon got married, he married the daughter of Rabbi Yossi ben Lekunya, and her father said to her, Lechi He used the same exact wording that Hashem used regarding the moon, regarding the moon being subservient to the sun. Rabbi Yossi said these words to his daughter, Go make yourself subservient to your husband. Lechi so again, this relationship between the sun and the moon, and the sun generally represents, the sun is the bright light. The sun represents moichen, seichel. So usually, usually, the malchus, the shechina, the woman, is receiving her moichen, her seichel, from ze'eranpen, from that male. But there are exceptions to this, as Rav Nelson Zal is going to quote now from the Arizal. The Arizal explains... When a person goes to sleep, there's a certain light that leaves those spheroids of chesed, gvura, teferes, and goes upstairs, goes above to bina, which is above them. Vaoz nimshochin hagvurois lamalchus. And then the Malchus receives Gevura, it receives strength, power. The left side, not from Zeranpin like it usually does, usually the Malchus is receiving everything from the level above it. But in this case, during the nighttime, Zeranpin Kaviochel shuts down, the Moichen of Zeranpin go up, and the Malchus receives its Gevurais from above, from Bina. And this allows for a separation, that the Malchus should be sliced, separated from Zeranpin, so that it can turn around and become face to face with Zeranpin. Meaning that there are times when these two, when the male and female are face to face, when they're face to face, there can be a union, a holy union, which can pr- create children, it can produce. There are times when they go into a defensive position, when the Malchus and the Shechina, when, when Zeranpen and Malchus are back to back. When is this? When the forces of Tumor are powerful, when the Klipois are strong, when people study self-defense, when they study fighting, you learn that if there is two against ten. If there are two people against a group of ten that are surrounding them and want to beat them up, if the two are smart enough and strong enough, they can defeat the ten. But one of the first and most important things that they have to do is cover their back. Because nobody has eyes in back of their head. So no matter how strong you are, you're facing an adversary. If somebody comes behind you and hits you over the head or throws something at you, you're finished. So what do they do? They stand back to back. So that they, and they move around like that so there is no back. Neither of them has a back that's exposed. 
both of them, each one has the other one's back. Each one is protecting the other one's back so that there is no back. The Sifrei Kabbalah bring that Kaviochel, this is what happens with Hashem and the Shekhinah. That when the forces of Tumah are very powerful and the Malchus, the Shekhinah, the woman is vulnerable and could be attacked and could be harmed, they go into this position of Ochar Ba'ochar, this defensive position. However, from that position, there can't be a yichud, a union. So in order for there to be a union, the Arizal describes this process, the moichen of Zeran ben leave, they go up, that allows for an opportunity to slice them apart, to sever the connection between Zeran ben and the Malchus so that they can turn around and become face to face. Shezehu soid kavonas roshishono. The Arizal explains that this is actually what's taking place on Rosh Hashanah, Soid Hanesira. The Arizal refers to this as the secret of the slicing apart. Soid Hashena, the Hisoirus Hashena, the secret of going to sleep and waking up from sleep, Alidei Hashoifor. Waking up from sleep is through the Shoifor, Hanaseb Rosh Hashanah. And all of this is accomplished on Rosh Hashanah. Ayin Bekavonas. Take a look in the writings of the Arizal, where the Arizal describes this. The Arizal explains what's this whole bit. It says the shofar is a wake-up call. The sound of the shofar, the Gemara says, is Uru Yeshenem Mishnasem. Wake up, you who are asleep from your sleep. Who's sleeping? And the Arizal explains, the Sifrei Kabbalah explain, that what happens is that just like when Odom and Chava were originally created, One of the opinions is that they were created back to back, like Siamese twins. And in order for them to be able to be together, Hashem had to impose this sleep. It says there in the beginning of, of, of Bereshis, Hashem imposed a tardema, a deep sleep on Adam Arishon. During that sleep is when this separation took place in order that they should both be able to face each other and bring about this yichud. Hainu kanal. And this fits in beautifully with what we learned before about the mishpat. Shem moisren ha mishpat shehu bechinas moichen moisren oisoy lahashem isporach. We who represent Zeranpen, we who are the men, give up our moichen. We give up our seichel. We give up our mishpat. We send it upstairs. We give it to Hashem. Bibchinas ki hamishpat leloikimhu, as the pasuk says, justice is Hashem's. Hashem is the judge. Vioz Hashem isporach biatzmoi mamshech hagvuroi shebemoichen, and then it's Hashem Himself, meaning that higher level, bina, the, those upper spheroids that send down givura, that send down strength to the Malchus, which is this fire of Mishpat, feeding it into La Malchus. This is what allows the Malchus, the Shechina, to go down into the domain of the Sitrachra, of Tumah, and, and search for and extract holy sparks, the Nivnis Bishlemus. And the Malchus gathers those holy sparks onto itself, and that builds up the Malchus. That makes the Shekhinah stronger. 
all of those holy sparks are part of the Shekhinah. And the Malchus defeats those forces of Tumah through the fire of Mishpat. And after that, the Malchus and Zeranpin can go back to this face-to-face union. Because it's no longer afraid of the Klippos. It has just won a major victory, a major success. It just uh, uh, removed from the Klippos these holy sparks which were giving the Klippos nourishment. The Klippos draw energy and power from those holy sparks. If I just took out a whole shipment of those holy sparks from them, by doing that I've weakened them tremendously. And again, as a result of the Eish HaMishpat also, through this, we're able to bring about this union, and at that point, the Malchus isn't afraid anymore of the Klippos. Rav Nosson Zaleid's Ayin Bekavonas Kriyashma Shalamito, take a look in the Priyets Chaim, in the Arizal Sforim, where he speaks about Kriyashma Lamito, U Bekavonas Rosh Hashanah and where the Arizal explains what's taking place on Rosh Hashanah, because it's this similar process of going to sleep, what takes place when this sleep is imposed, this whole pr- procedure. So therefore, maybe we'll hold it over here. This, this, this has to be, we have to go slowly for this. Rab Nosanzal is still going to explain what goes on during the nighttime, during the first part of the nighttime, during the second part of the nighttime, when we get up in the morning and we put on talus and tefillin, he's going to explain all of this. Question. In chapter 7 in Likut Imran, Rabbein Azal says that emuna is a circle. There's a pasuk, ve'emunascha secho. Your emuna encircles you. And here we're saying that mishpat is, there's an aspect of mishpat that's a circle. The answer is yes, they're both related to the malchus. Emuna is synonymous with malchus, and mishpat is a pasuk melech be mishpat yamed eretz. A king with mishpat establishes the land. So in this context that we're speaking about now, <coughs> mishpat is associated with malchus. We've seen in other places that mishpat is referred to as tiferes, and Rav Nosanzal is going to bring it. Mishpat utztoka beYakov, that Yaakov Avinu is referred to as mishpat, which is rachamim, and Rav Nosanzal is going to speak about this in the next few pages. It's a shame.